Hey guys, WFAN the Kid here, and today it's episode number two out of eight where I'm going over every division in the NFL before the season starts and sharing my record predictions. Today we have a good one, the AFC North. Little preview of this division, it is stacked. Every team here is not a gimme team. They can compete, they can hold their own. A lot of great quarterbacks to go around, some on the younger side, some are on the older side, but man, this is going to be a division to watch out for. And let's get it kicked off with the number one seed. I think it's pretty much a consensus pick across the board here. Cincinnati Bengals are going to win this division yet again. 13-4 and record is a very respectable record in my opinion. It's where I have them landing. In the offseason, they didn't do anything crazy, but let's talk about some of the moves they did in fact make. Got a couple of linebackers in Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. They extended both of them. Pratt for three years, Wilson for four years. Logan Wilson, I do think, is a pretty interesting one. He came up with Joey B, same draft class as him, and I think he's done a really good job in his first three seasons, and I think it's going to be a good linebacker there to have in the future. Then in the draft, in the first round, they selected Miles Murphy, defensive end out of Clemson. And one of my favorite picks that the Bengals were able to make in this draft was in the third round where they got safety Jordan Battle out of the one and only Alabama. I mean, this is a great pick. He had a nice little career there at Alabama. You know, he had an interception or two every year. I think he almost averaged two picks a year. And he's just a really good young guy to keep an eye on that's going to make this Bengals defense even better. And of course, a couple of guys that made this Bengals team as dangerous as they were last year, getting into the stats and the X-Factor. So obviously Joe Burrow. 4,475 passing yards, that's an elite number. 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I love that that's a plus 23 differential there. Top three uh, player in passing touchdowns too, by the way. And we have to talk about his favorite target and former college teammate, Jamar Chase. 1,046 yards, 9 touchdowns. It's it's all right. I think it's a little bit off where he was in the previous season. But still, that's a very respectable season. He's going to, I think, do a little bit better this year. You know, He's still very early on in his career, only coming into his third year. But yeah, great option there for Joey B. Had an all right season last year. My X factor, though, is someone who kind of disappointed last year, and that is Joe Mixon. He had 814 yards and seven touchdowns, and that's all right in today's day and age for a running back kind of below, definitely below what the elite running backs are doing these days. But back in 2021, he was one of the best, which makes this disappointing. He had over 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns, nearly double the touchdowns he had last season. So Joe Mixon, he's got to get it going. He's got to take some of the pressure off Joe Burrow because you know that this is going to be a pass-first offense. You just know it when you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow. But Joe Mixon, the other Joe, has the opportunity to take some of that pressure off Joey B and really get the ground game going like he did so well a couple of years back. If he could do that, I think the Bengals could even push for a number one seed. I have them being the two seed in the playoffs right now. But Joe Mixon's the kind of guy who can make that small difference. Then, let's get into the game-by-game -game prediction. This is the fun part, guys. One of the, my favorite parts of the podcast where I get to take you through the games. They start off on opening uh, week, week one, against the Cleveland Browns in the Battle of Ohio. Now, 
I do think the Browns are going to be a solid team with Deshaun Watson, but it's pretty clear that the Bengals are the kings of Ohio right now. Give me a win in week one. In week two, they're going to host the Baltimore Ravens, who got an array of new guys that we're going to get to in a little bit. But this is a home game for the Bengals. I have them starting out 2-0. and Then we move into week three, where the Bengals are going to be hosting the LA Rams. And I have an upset here. The Bengals and Joe Burrow, they had trouble with the LA Rams in the Super Bowl a couple of years back. That's still going to linger. Bad memories continue, and the Rams get the best of the Bengals on the road and a big upset. Then into week four against the Tennessee Titans. Bengals are going to rebound, win this one pretty easily. Then after that, we're going to see them taking a trip out west to Arizona, to Glendale, to face the Cardinals, who usually would feature Kyler Murray, but he is, of course, going to be out at this point in the year, so pretty easy win for the Bengals. After that, this is the last game before the bye against the Seattle Seahawks. They're going to take this one as well, and they're going to start off this season 5-1, and one, which is pretty dream start, almost as good as it could be for the Bengals. But then they have a couple of juggernaut teams coming up after that bye into the 49ers and the Bills. How do they fare up against these two? Wonderfully. Okay, they're going to go on the road, knock off Brock Purdy, former Mr. Irrelevant. Then they're going to come back home in a primetime game and defeat the Bills. And I just think that that rest, that two weeks off for the Bengals, is going to give them a world of much-needed rest and... They're going to be able to take on these two opponents and win 7-1 and one after eight games. Then they host the Texans. Oh, man, come on. There's no way that C.J. Stroud is going to come and defeat the mighty Joe Burrow on the road. Another win. But then they got to go and take on Baltimore. I am not too keen on this matchup in Week 12, so give me a Ravens win. It's okay. After that, though, they get to play the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. That's going to be a W back on the win train for the Cincy Bengals. Then they got to take on Trevor Lawrence on the road. That is a young, ferocious team with a lot of heart. And I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to fall victim in this one. Then they come home for a couple against the Colts, who it looks like they're going to lose Jonathan Taylor. I don't think there's going to be too many bright spots for them this year. That's going to be an easy victory. Then against the Minnesota Vikings who did lose some key pieces both on the defense, or mostly on the defense this offseason. I think that's another win at home for the Bengals. Going into these final three games, they're all against teams that can play the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Browns. I have them here losing that first one to the Steelers, but then rebounding in the most ultimate way possible, defeating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the revenge game of the year, they lost in heartbreaking fashion at the end. I know Joseph Osai, a lot of criticism for how that game ended, but I think they're going to emerge victorious in this one, get their revenge. Final game they need against the Cleveland Browns. You know they're going to take that one as well and sweep the Battle of Ohio. And yeah, I have them going 13-4. and four. This is going to be a pretty solid season for the Bengals, and I'm excited to see what they could do in the postseason. Before we move on to our second place finisher, though, we got to answer some tough questions here. The offensive line, is it going to hold up? This has been a point of emphasis ever since drafting Joe Burrow, even before. The inability to protect the quarterback, and when you don't protect the quarterback, you get their quarterback injured. So the O-line, I know it had a slightly better year last year, but it's still not in great shape. Bottom half of the league in sacks allowed. 
They got Alex Kappa. They got Orlando Brown Jr., who I do like a lot. But, man, they got to add some pieces, in my opinion. Maybe even get in on those Bakhtiari stakes if the Packers are in sell mode midseason. But I think they need some more protection for the valuable piece that Joe Burrow most certainly is. And that's my only question with them. They're a really solid team defensively and offensively. O-line's my one concern. Now we move on to the second team in the AFC North, which is the Baltimore Ravens. I have them finishing with a record of 12-5, and just one game behind the Bengals. And I have them taking the sixth seed in the wild cards. I know, I know, 12 wins in the sixth seed. I have some really good teams in the AFC. So, offseason moves. It was a dream uh, a dream offseason if you were a wide receiver and wanted to join Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. They got huge wide receivers. Okay, Odell Beckham Jr., one year, $15 million. This is a controversial acquisition here because obj has been falling off for a while now he hasn't had a good year since since before the pandemic actually when he was with cleveland and now out of nowhere he joins the ravens it's going to be interesting he looks like he's back in football shape looks like he wants to make a difference but i don't think he's necessarily going to be anything close to what he used to be then they got zay flowers the draftee i love this Love this pick so much. He is going to be a beast. He could put on the afterburners. He has the speed and the football IQ to get open. And what Lamar Jackson loves to do, you know he's all about the big plays. Not just with his feet, but with the long throws. He hits. He finally has a young guy that can make these routes. Say Flowers had over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns in college last season with Boston College. That is not a juggernaut team, and he still put up monster numbers. He was their pride and joy last year in the uh, ACC conference. Then they also had another one, Nelson Aguilar, who I think is a sneaky good pick. He's going to probably be down there at wide receiver number four, three, something like that. Only $3.25 million for Nelson Aguilar. That is a steal, though, got to say. Did a good job with the Patriots for some years. Then, of course... Talking about wide receivers, we forgot about the man himself, Lamar Jackson, all that franchise tag drama. They finally got him to his five-year extension, where both both of them were kind of in a cold war almost for a while there, uh, neither one of them giving in, and then finally they reached a compromise. And one last signing here is Melvin Gordon III at running back. He's going to provide some excellent vet leadership on and off the field to J.K. Dobbins, who's going to be their number one. Melvin Gordon didn't really work out with the Broncos too well for him last year, but found a new home. Maybe he could have a little success here with Baltimore. We shall see. Now, got to mention some of the guys that helped out on Baltimore last year. Mark Andrews, 847 receiving yards, five touchdowns. For most tight ends, that's a W season, but this, not the case for Mark Andrews. He prides himself year after year, being one of the best tight ends in this league. He fell off big time last year, less than 500 yards from where he was at back in 2021. And I don't understand how this happens. I forget about whether Lamar Jackson's healthy or not. He should be the go-to number one receiver. I know defenses know that and they double him, but man, he has got to have more than 847 yards with the weapons that they had last year. I mean, he was the go-to guy and to not reach a thousand yards is scary for me. And 
my X Factor should come as a surprise to no one. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. The man can't stay healthy. Okay, he's injured year after year. He got injured at a terrible time last year when they needed him down the stretch. They lost a bunch of games they shouldn't have lost. And then in the playoffs, they just could not compete, really. They just couldn't. And I know that it was close for a while there, and I know some people say they lost on that weird play by the goal line, but the the fact of the matter is that Lamar needs to stay healthy if this team wants to succeed. Period. He got this big deal, and now he's got to show what he's all about on the field, and you can't show what you're about on the field if you're not healthy. Without With all that, I know that got a little bit harsher towards Lamar, but, you know, you got to stay healthy. Getting into the schedule now, let's talk about it. They start off with a very easy game against the Houston Texans at home. I don't think there could be a better gimme game to start here. That's an easy win for the Ravens. But then, we already talked about it, they got to travel to Cincinnati. That's going to be a loss. Joey B does not lose at home very often. After that small journey up north, they come back home to face Anthony Richardson and the Colts. This is a major rebuild year for them. That's going to be a win for the Ravens. After that, we see the Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns on the road. So another trip to Ohio for them. First one didn't go so well, but this one will. They get the win. First four games, they're 3-1. and one. Then after that, they go to face Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. Like I said, this is a division where every team can compete and every team has the potential to win games. And this is one of those where the Steelers get the best of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Then after that, we see the Ravens traveling down to Tennessee to take on the beast that is Derrick Henry. That's no easy task. And I do actually have the Ravens winning this one, but I think it's going to be mighty close. Next up, we have the Ravens and the Lions. That's going to be yet another victory for the Ravens. Then they have, oh wow, another easy game. Schedule makers are pretty kind to the Ravens in the first half. Cardinals are the next opponent. That's a win, getting hot here, three in a row. Then they come back home, finally, to face the Seattle Seahawks. This one is going to be yet another victory for this Ravens team, streaking over here with four in a row. Another home game, this time against the Cleveland Browns. They won on the road, but Deshaun Watson, he's going to come and surprise the Ravens. That's a loss. But then the Ravens, they are going to get revenge against the other Ohio team and win that one. So yes, I do have them splitting with both of the Ohio teams going 2-2 in those four games that they play against the Bengals and Browns. After the Bengals, they are going to take on... Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, and in that game, I do have them winning. I know that I do have the Chargers being one of the best teams in the league this year. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Like I was saying, I do have the Chargers being one of the best teams in the league this year, but I don't think that their defense that gave up that huge lead to Jacksonville is going to fare well against all these receivers and Lamar. That's a win for the Ravens. They go into the bye. It's very late in the year, but their record at the bye is an, asto- is an astonishing 9-3. and three. That's a .750 win percentage, so you love to see it if you're a Ravens fan. 
right after the bye, oh, look at that. They take on another Los Angeles team, this time the Rams, just played the Chargers and won. They're going to get back-to-back wins against LA teams, up to 10-3. and three. After that, though, they go down to Duval County, and Trevor Lawrence, he is on fire at this point, and this is a primetime game. I love the Jaguars in this one. Then, another trip on the road, this time to the West Coast, to play the 49ers in another primetime game. This one's going to be on Monday night. And, sorry Ravens fans, but the Niners are going to crush the flock in this one. Going into the final two games, the Ravens have a record of 10-5. and They kind of need these last two to compete in the wild card. How good I have the AFC being. Dolphins, that's going to be a win on New Year's Eve. Steelers... They lost the first one, but they're going to rebound and take the second one, and I have them winning this game to solidify their playoff spot, their wild card spot. 12-5 and record, 6 seed. And yeah, it's going to be a really nice season for the Ravens if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy like I mentioned before. And in addition to Lamar staying healthy, a couple other questions we have to go over. And I'm focusing on two players that recently had some pretty big injuries in Odell Beckham Jr. and J.K. Dobbins. We already talked about Odell Beckham Jr. in the um, opening of the Ravens. Is he ready to come back? He looks like it, but images can be deceiving. we got to wait for the finished product and see if he's for real. Because I haven't seen Odell Beckham Jr. look like the real Odell Beckham Jr. in quite some time. J.K. Dobbins, young running back. I loved what he did in his rookie season. Heartbreaking injury in year two. He got to play towards the end of last year. And if he can get back to that production, become a near 1,000-yard receiver, I think the Ravens' offense is going to be just loaded. If they have the running back, the multifaceted quarterback that is Lamar Jackson, all these receivers, a tight end who is still very capable of being amazing. This is a stacked offense. So if those two guys can keep up, Maybe the Ravens will even challenge the Bengals for that number one spot in the division. Time will tell. All right, coming up next, we got the third place finisher, the Pittsburgh Steelers finishing at 11-6. Unfortunately, despite that very pretty record to Steelers fans, I don't have them making the playoffs. When you look at the divisions here, the AFC West, this division the gauntlet that is the AFC North, the AFC East. There's too many good teams, and despite their 11 wins, they're going to miss out in my book. We saw this happen to the Jets uh, several years back, where they had a great season with 11 wins and were denied their spot. I think that's what's going to unfortunately unfold here in Pittsburgh. But nonetheless, let's talk about the Steelers and what they've done. They got Broderick Jones, offensive tackle in the first round. Man, they... (laughs) They really did my Jets dirty there. He was someone I really would have liked to see the Jets get a hold of. You know, our offensive line needs a lot of help. But credit to the Steelers for doing their diligence. He's a great player. Then Joey Porter Jr., someone I've watched for a long time. Penn State man, staying in Pennsylvania. He's going to be super good. And that Steelers defense, it's already one of the top defenses in the league. He's going to make it even better. And talking about corners, they also got Patrick Peterson from the Vikings, signed him to a two-year contract. So they're really loading up on the defensive end here. And then Mitchell Trubisky, their backup QB, signed him to three years. This is a curious move. I don't think he's one of the best backup quarterbacks. I don't think he really 
has ever shown me anything why he deserves to be an NFL QB. But nonetheless, they're going to give him a chance in Pittsburgh, see what he can do. Of course, they don't want to go to him. That's never the goal because Kenny Pickett is the main man. Then some stats from last year. We're going to talk about Najee Harris, 1,034 yards, 7 touchdowns, only in his second year of playing in the NFL. Super, super, super is all I have to say about that. To have that kind of production when you're so young and when you're not expected to be a contender, he made them a contender. He was there since day one helping out, and he has really come alive to be this franchise's running back. He really looks like that option. Then T.J. Watt is the leader of that defense. He missed seven games last year of that freak injury in week one. He is my X factor as well. And, you know, he's got to stay healthy. 22 and a half sacks in 2021. Nowhere near that last year, only playing in 10 of those games. So, if he can manage to stay healthy, be smart, and have that kind of ridiculous sack production... He's going to do just fine, and the Steelers' defense is going to be contending for the number one defense in the league, like they pride themselves on year after year. And without further ado, let's look at that Steelers' slate of games. We start out in Week 1 with a matchup against the 49ers, two of the premier young QBs in this league in Kenny Pickett and Brock Purdy going at it. This game's in Pittsburgh. I think Steelers Nation is going to propel them to an impressive Week 1 win. Week number 2, it's going to be Monday Night Football against the Cleveland Browns. That's another victory for the Steelers at home, 2-0. Then they go out west to face the Las Vegas Raiders. They're an interesting team. Jimmy Garoppolo, they did lose some of their key pieces like Darren Waller. We have to see what happens with Josh Jacobs. So it's kind of... I don't know if they're trying to rebuild, trying to be good. It's kind of hard to tell. Nonetheless, the Steelers are going to pick up this victory. Then, one of their easier games on the slate against the Houston Texans. I don't care that it's on the road down in Texas. They're going to get this win against C.J. Stroud. So, they're 4-1 and one going into the bye. They have the early bye in Week 6. And honestly, I'm a fan of that bye. It's going to give them some much-needed rest. This is a young team, and they're going to need that rest. Because coming up... Right around the corner. Oops, sorry, forgot that they're also going to play the Ravens before the bye at home, which they will, in fact, beat. So that is why they're going to be 4-1 at the bye. Much-needed rest after that. They're going to come out, take a trip to L.A. to face the Rams. This one's going to be a loss. They did get a lot of rest, but sometimes it can negatively affect you. You know, they're going to fight hard in this one, but the Rams, I have them being a sneaky good team this year. After that, they're going to take on Jacksonville at home. That's going to be a win, getting back on the right track. After that, we get to see them take on the Tennessee Titans. I really like this game. The Titans, I mean, have Derrick Henry, who is one of the best running backs in the league. They got DeAndre Hopkins, so they have the loaded offense. The Steelers have the loaded defense, of course, led by TJ Watt, who we were talking about before. A lot of young guys. I like this matchup a lot, but I have the Steelers getting the advantage and winning. Then next up for the Steelers is going to be the Green Bay Packers. I just don't see Jordan Love being that guy. So third win in a row for the Steelers. Record is up to 7-2 and two after nine games. Looking outstanding. After Green Bay, though, they got back-to-back divisional opponents. Two road games in Ohio. 
first one against the Cleveland Browns, that's going to be a loss. I had them winning the first one, but Deshaun Watson, he is tricky. Then I got the Bengals coming up next. Another loss. It was a disastrous couple weeks in Ohio. And, man, they must not be able to wait to come home to face those Arizona Cardinals, which they will win in a landslide. After that, it's going to be New England Patriots. That's another pretty straightforward victory for the Steelers. Coming up after that, though, I have them going out to Indianapolis. And one of the upsets of the season here, the Colts are going to beat the Steelers in their own home at Lucas Oil Stadium. Anthony Richardson, he's going to have some real experience under his belt at this point. And for the time being, they still have Jonathan Taylor. It sounds like they want a large package for him, so maybe he will wind up staying a Colt if he can. And if Anthony Richardson progresses how I imagine, it's going to be quite the upset here. Three games to go, and some difficult opponents coming up for the Steelers. Bengals at home, victory. Seahawks on the road, another victory. And then this is a crazy final week matchup between the Steelers and the Ravens. I have the Ravens coming in at 11-5, and five, the Steelers coming in at 11-5. and five. This could have huge playoff implications. I got the Ravens winning it at home, though, claiming their playoff spot. And with how good I have this AFC being, that's enough to keep the Steelers out of the playoffs, despite their 11-6 and record. Before we move on to that last place team in the AFC North, the questions I must answer for the Steelers, is this team too young? No, I honestly don't think so. A lot of people like to come at the Steelers for their inexperience, for having a young quarterback who hasn't played a whole season yet, for having a young running back, new young guys on defense. I think that's really good have an array of young players you do want to have some vets to lead them but young guys that when i think of young guys i think of durability speed um dedication drive i think of guys that really want to perform well and are ready to prove themselves just like we saw the steelers prove themselves in the second half kenny pickett revived this season from the dead Okay, they finished with a winning record somehow when they were, what, like three or four games under 500 earlier in the year? That is a young team that refuses to give up, and I think that's the kind of team we're going to see this year. And is Kenny Pickett the future? I think he's making a great case so far for yes. He hasn't even played a whole season, and you saw what he was able to do. A huge winning streak there towards the end of the year, and he even almost gave them a shot at the playoffs last year, which is ridiculous considering how poorly they started. So all signs point to yes for me, for Kenny Pickett being this team's future. And that wraps up our portion on the Steelers. We're going to move on to that final team, which I do have being the Cleveland Browns. In fourth, finishing at 7-10, and 10, obviously not making the playoffs. They're a tricky team. Let's take a look at what they did in the offseason. They lost Kareem Hunt, who really did not have a great year last year. Did not even reach the 500-yard mark. And that's really sad, because him and Nick Chubb, for a while, they were one of my favorite running back duos in this whole league. And that's going to be broken up now. We'll see where he goes. They also lost Jadavion Clowney, who didn't have the season that I think he envisioned last year. That's probably why he was released. And then Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Big name there. And both in terms of length and 
maybe in terms of production. We will see. He's had a pretty solid preseason thus far, fifth-round pick from UCLA. And news broke this week that he's going to be the backup to Deshaun Watson, so he might really get a chance for some playing time. We'll see what he's all about. Real NFL experience coming up for him could be the case. A couple of trades is last thing I'm going to touch on here. They traded for Elijah Moore from the Jets. They also traded for Zadarius Smith, who had 10 sacks last year with the Vikings. I love that they picked up Zadarius Smith to, um, you know, be a real force, a sack master. Him and Miles Garrett, that duo, my goodness, watch out for them. Um, then the stats and the X factors from last year. Nick Chubb is one of the guys I'm going to highlight. He had 1,525 yards, top three in the league, 12 touchdowns, five yards per carry is a wow, big time. And honestly, I think that Kareem Hunt is a good thing in saying to Nick Chubb, we want you to continue doing your thing, dominating the run game. And I know some people say that those 15, 25 yards were because of increased carries. But you look at the yards per carry. It's at five. Most people would settle for four. This is at five yards per carry, which is just excellent. So you can't say that, oh, it's just because he's getting all the carries. He is a workhorse. Then Miles Garrett, of course, who we just talked about, getting joined by Zadarius Smith. 16 sacks for Garrett last year. And I expect more of the same. One of the best offensive linemen in this league. And finally, the X-Factor, Deshaun Watson. How could it not be Deshaun Watson? He had some really good years with the Texans, and then kind of everything fell apart after he left. Missed for seven games the last season, I believe. Or actually, sorry, first 11. <laughs> Got my 7-11 confused. Missed 11 games last year, been getting suspended for some shady stuff. Let's just leave it at that. And can he return to his old self? We're going to have to see if he's going to return to vintage Deshaun for this team to have a chance at the playoffs it's going to have to be that he does we will see getting into the full schedule slate here for the Cleveland Browns they kick it off in the first week going up against a familiar foe in the Cincinnati Bengals already talked about this one that's going to be a loss for the Cleveland Browns going on the road to play the Steelers next on Monday Night Football primetime game that's going to be another loss tough start to the season here and they get some traction going. They uh, play the Tennessee Titans at home. That's going to be a victory, first of the season. But then they got some more tough opponents coming up. There, it's going to be at home, but it's against the Ravens and the Niners, two of the best teams in this league. Another couple of losses, one and four hole early in this season for the Cleveland Browns. Then they are going to rebound with a win against the Colts on the road. Anthony Richardson is still too early in his career here too knock off this Browns team. Then, on the road, Seattle. Man, these schedule makers are making life tough for Browns fans. Another loss. Then they get to host the Arizona Cardinals, a much-needed victory for these Browns to stay competitive. Then, on the road against the Ravens, upset game here. They're going to get their revenge and get the victory. At home against the Steelers, I like it again. Deshaun Watson catching fire midseason, up to 5-7 and seven for the Browns' mini three-game win streak. Unfortunately, going out west does not spell good things for this team. The high altitude of Denver will get to them. They're going to lose this one. Then, another game out west, a little bit south in L.A., another loss. This Rams team is going to be one to reckon with. And things just do not get easier 
for the Cleveland Browns playing the Jacksonville Jaguars next, but I gotta give them something, man. Give me the upset at home at least to get something going for them. Maybe sparkle a and push, because next up is the Chicago Bears. Kind of an underrated rivalry. They're pretty close geographically. I'll give them another win. So going into these final three games, they are going to have a record of 7-7. Seven and seven. This could go one of two ways. Starting off with a very, very sentimental game. Deshaun Watson going to his old home in Houston. And I think C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans get revenge on their old quarterback. I just think Deshaun Watson will be too much in his head for this game. Not going to pull out the results. At home against the Jets. The Jets need this one in my book. That's going to be a loss. Bengals don't even really need to worry too much about this game on the last day of the season. But I think they beat the Browns anyway. 7-10 and 10 record for the Cleveland Browns. Another year of disappointment. And it's just Deshaun Watson is an anomaly. I am still iffy about picking him up. We'll see. Can he prove me wrong? A lot of people say that he can go back to that old Deshaun, but he's not shown me anything last year. Let's take a look at some stats. 11.02 yards, 7 touchdowns in 6 games. That's less than 200 passing yards per game. So, In his limited time last year, he did not show me anything of the old Deshaun. And that combined with not a lot of weapons. There's Amari Cooper out there, but slim picking at receivers and tight ends. It's going to be a long season in my book for the Browns fans. In one of the hardest divisions, too. This does not spell well. And yeah, that's going to wrap it up for these AFC North predictions. I hope you enjoyed. This is going to be a crazy division to keep an eye on. And episode 3 should be coming out in several days. I hope you stay tuned. As always, thanks for watching, guys. I'm WFA and the Kid. Catch you next time.